In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. James 1, 2-4, and verse 12. This is our sermon text this morning. These words are indeed inspired by the Spirit of Christ and indeed by the very actions of Christ who willingly suffered, suffered death on the cross for the joy of rescuing you from your sin, from your death, and from eternity in the darkness, not prepared for man, but prepared for the demons. Jesus had joy in the face of trials. James did too. We can as well. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, James writes. And this sounds an awful lot, an awful lot like what Paul will write in Romans 5, 3 to 5, when he says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is a powerful message from both of these writers when you're suffering. Either one of these texts, they're saying the same thing. The juxtaposition between joy and trial, rejoicing and suffering, it short circuits the mind doesn't it? Joy and suffering? Maybe they got the wrong word there. Maybe there was a mistranslation somewhere. Are we sure that's what the Greek says? Yes, we are. It is what the Greek says. How on earth am I to be joyful when I'm going through trials? Isn't that the one time where the Lord would expect me to kind of be a little sour about stuff? Because after all, I'm going through some suffering. Well, James tells us the answer to this how on earth question. It's why verse 12 is part of our sermon text today. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. But do not misunderstand how we read this text. It's not motivation. No. It's a description. It's a declaration. Who is the man who remains steadfast under trial? Jesus. And the man there is singular. And yet we're going to get a plural in the same breath. Those who love him. The singular man is Jesus. And what did he receive for his suffering? For remaining steadfast. And not caving in to the temptation to sin. He received the crown of life. Jesus earned that crown. Not Ty, not David, not Robert, 
Jesus. None of us have stood the test. None of us can say we remain steadfast already at this point in our life. Whether you're the youngest in the room or the oldest. Notice I didn't point at anybody in particular. (laughs) You have not remained steadfast under trial. And so you do not receive the crown of life by your standing steadfast. That's why the man, singular, Jesus, has earned this crown of life. It is a declaration, not a motivation. He received the resurrection of the body. His father raised him up from the dead because he didn't turn. He didn't succumb. He was Atlas, but he never shrugged. It's a good one, right? I thought so. Thanks. And now we are those who receive the crown of life. The crown that God promised to those who love him. Why? Because we love him because Jesus loved us. The love we have for our Father, for God, is Christ's love. It's not even our own love. We have become vessels, instruments of love. And now we, we get to love because he remains steadfast. Praise be to God. Christ's steadfast love of God is given to each and every one of us. It's attributed to you in your baptism. When you're connected to Christ, you get everything that is Christ's, including his love for his Father and his steadfast life and death and therefore his crown of life, resurrection. This is why Stephen is the first martyr in the New Testament. Stephen's name, Stephen, is crown of life. The first man to die for the faith, his his name means crown of life because he believed in Jesus. And so he was willing to die and willing to forgive as he was being killed, just as Jesus did. Hebrews 12 gives us some more wisdom on this topic. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Stephen being one of them, James another, and many more, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God with his crown of life. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Consider Jesus for your strength. Consider Jesus so you don't grow weary or faint-hearted. Don't consider yourself. Don't consider how motivated you've been by the gospel. Don't consider how well you're doing because the inspirational poster that we hang up in the fellowship hall says, says how great you are. We don't have those. But you, you see him in Dennis' office, and you know this, it's the guy rock climbing, and it has this like really cool like saying under it, and he's like hanging from a cliff. Uh, yeah, you're not that cool, but Jesus is. 
Jesus is the one you look to. And he's not hanging from a rock. He's hanging from a cross. And so you don't grow weary and you don't grow faint-hearted because his death is for you. When you suffer trials, as we all often do, when your faith is tested as it always and often is, look to Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, and we might add, for you, to make it clear. Because that's what the text is saying. Jesus is an example, sure. WWJD and all that stuff, sure. And you may learn from him how you yourself can rejoice in suffering. You should follow his model, absolutely. But look to Jesus, not as an example, first and foremost, but as the man who joyfully endured the trial of the cross for you in your place as your substitute, because that's what he is, your substitute. Your baptism, you take on Jesus and Jesus takes on you. It's the great exchange. When I see Pam, I now see Christ Jesus in Pam. And boy, can he bake. <laughs> I heard that. This is how you will remain steadfast. Not by Pam's baking, although that's helpful too. But by trusting in your baptism that you are Jesus. You get his life. He has, his death has been attributed to you in the eyes of his father. When he looks at you, the baptized Christian, he sees his perfect son who endured the suffering with joy, with joy. Not to motivate you to do the right thing, but because he is hanging on the cross. It is evident that he did the right thing for you. He is the one who endured with joy because we don't. And indeed, we can't as long as sin clings to us. We want to as Christians. We strive to. We make efforts to. And by the Holy Spirit, we are actually able to make some progress in our sanctification. As we repent, and we're constantly in this rhythm of repenting from sin and working harder at that. But that is also given from God as Christ breathed out his spirit. And we recognize it's all him doing everything in us that's any good. He is the one who rejoiced to suffer, to give us hope. Hope in the promise of God that he's given to all of you who love him because Jesus loved you. Jesus earned for you the crown of life. He justified you by his blood, by his steadfastness. Now you are able to have joy when trials come. It's by his suffering that he endured on the cross that you are able to endure your suffering and to take up your cross, whatever it may look like in your life, for the sake of Jesus' name. Don't confuse what your cross is. Your cross isn't just because you, you, you were speeding and you got a ticket. Unless you were speeding in the name of Jesus, which is not a get out of speeding ticket free card. Well, officer, I was in a hurry to get to church. That doesn't work. Well, officer, I need to proclaim the gospel to all these un unsaved souls. That doesn't work either. But if 
you are suffering for the name of Jesus, truthfully. Bear your cross with joy as you are connected to that cross. Count it all joy, James says, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It produces steadfastness as suffering gives you the opportunity to trust that Jesus is your Savior. That's what suffering does for us. That's what our trials do for us. Thank you, Lord, for giving me suffering today that I had the opportunity to cling to the cross and know just how much you love me. Thank you for this. Thank you for not leaving me comfortable and numb in my affluency. However you would say that. Affluency didn't sound right. Yeah. Thank you for not making me so well-to-do in this world that I forget you're there. And I forget to turn to you when I need help. Thank you for leaving the thorn in Paul's side so that he would preach the truth. And thank you for giving me a thorn in my side, even if his name is Pastor Bramwell. So I would cling to the hope. <laughs> it is true. When we suffer, we have reason to turn back to baptism, to remember the promise of the Lord. When we suffer, we have reason to run as fast as possible to communion, to be fed by our Lord. When we suffer, we have reason to dive back into Scripture, whether we're at home and it's on our kitchen counter or we're in church together reading the Word. Suffering gives us this reason. This is the motivational part. That inspirational poster that is hanging in your proverbial dentist office, it tells you you're a sinner. You climb this rock, you're going to fall. <laughs> Uh-oh. I better tie in. I better cling to Jesus. It's not one of great comfort until you notice that the cross is there. Therein lies the comfort. Suffering produces that steadfastness so that you turn to Jesus and you become steadfast through his steadfastness in your baptism. And so we do count it joy. We count it joy to suffer because as baptized Christians, we do turn to the cross. That's why you're all here right now. Suffering gives us understanding, gives us comprehension of what it is we're doing and what it means to us, that we never take it for granted, that we never take him for granted and turn his free grace into cheap grace. And let steadfastness have its full effect, James says, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let the steadfastness of Christ Jesus have its full effect. But because of his crucifixion, you lack nothing. Nothing. But on the contrary, you will receive everything and indeed have already received everything, even if now you can't see it in its fullness. It is already yours. Because he lived for you, died for you, and was raised for you. And you will now be raised too, to live forever. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.